It is Friday, August 5. Good morning. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, and a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. We have a couple of the highest level substitutes in you'll ever see this morning. Block Bet is back. Steve Blocker-Rose, good morning to you. Good morning, gentlemen. What about that for an intro? I'm a blow-in. How did that happen? Who put that together? (laughs) The great Jono. Jono. Knows all your career highlights, Block. He's a good kid, Jono. And some lowlights. He's a good bloke. What about last night? Timing's everything for the Roosters. And we'll talk about it a little bit more, I'm sure. But the Broncos, are they starting to crumble? Well, a loss to the Tigers at home. The soft underbelly there. Well... Our other special guest this morning, who's come from the deep southern suburbs of Sydney, as deep mm. as they come. Not the Shire. Right up to the northern suburbs of Sydney. Is it even the Shire where you are? It's lower than the North Shire, isn't Wollongong, Jared. Something we'll have to call <laughs> it. Oh, it's, 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 Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald Morning, mate. Morning, Jared. Morning, Block. It's called the Shire. Technically living the Shire, but it's probably easier for me to get to Wollongong than it is to get to the city. So, uh, yeah, it took me about pretty much exactly on an hour, Jared, with absolutely no traffic to still get here. So. What time did you get up? Uh, 3.30, <laughs> 20 to 4, something oh, like that. It, but he's such a good fellow. He even told me last night he he uh, didn't let a couple of mates down who said, you know, they, they wanted him to go and have a beer with him. Yeah. He couldn't say no. A couple of quiet ones, Jared. Yeah, very and quiet. Quiet ones, and I was back in bed no. by about 10.30. So mm. just back on blockers, did he get, how much did he get fined for that, for patting Eddie Ward on the head? Did he, five that? five gorillas. <laughs> back five, then, hang back on, then. Hang on, five gorillas and four uh, four weeks suspension. And Keithy Barnes said, and you'll be paying the fine too, blocker. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I paid the fine, but it was funny, you know, how it worked out. I know I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I bought the rights off the Telegraph for the photo. <laughs> Did you really? And I reckon I've sold 800 of them. <laughs> so he's more than paid for the fine. More than paid for the fine. I'm flying. There's always an opportunity, isn't there, Blocker? Opportunity. Brilliant. We talk about it all the time. 34 to 16 last night, the Roosters over the Broncos. And uh, Adam, you were saying off air, well, you pondered it to us just before the show. Brisbane, could they all of a sudden be in a little bit of trouble? Well, we've been talking about them making the top four all year, Jared, but I'm just starting to wonder, and I don't know if Block subscribes to this theory, they might even be a sneaky chance of falling out the back door altogether and missing oh. the finals. Like, I, Listen, they're playing Newcastle next week at Suncorp Stadium. Like, surely, surely they win that game, given the way Newcastle's oh, going. That, they win that game. But, oh. but they go play the Storm and the Eels in the next two games, two teams you think are... Somewhere maybe rebounding back on the rebound, and then they've got the Dragons down in Sydney for the final round of the season. Now, I think the Dragons will be out of top eight calculations by then, so you think the Brisbane can win that game? But I don't know. I'm just not completely convinced they're, they're an absolute lock for the top eight at the moment. You know what I look at? I always look at the bounce back factor. Now, good sides bounce back after a poor performance. Now they got they got flogged by the Tigers last week. Mm. That's what worries me. If they'd have played well last last night against the Roosters, then I'll be saying they're still alive. But Watching them last night, the game was all over in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Did anyone, hang on, while, while we're at it, did anyone see the forward pass that Corey Oates scored from? What are Touchy's doing these days? <laughs> they, they They're are just redundant. not involved in the game anymore. They do anything. What do they do? I don't know. I, I'll tell you what they do. They run really fast after goal kicks back to the halfway line. You ever seen how quick they run? It's like, that. it's like they're waiting. They're almost waiting for this forward, forward pass technology to come in, aren't they? Yeah. And then they'll be completely redundant. Yeah, but they're scared to make a decision. Yeah, yeah. Mate, get in there. Well, it's prob- maybe it's complacency due to the bunker coming in. Yeah, potentially, potentially. But 
that's a touchy. Don't you have two jobs? One to call a forward pass and two to help the referee keep the teams 10 metres apart. Yeah, that, that was the big thing. That, you know, when the game really got a lot quicker, mm. that's what I was saying, that the touchy should mark the 10 metres. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And with all the lines on the ground, it's not that hard, it's not that hard to, to judge where you are if you're mm. back 10 metres. The ref can just ref the ruck. Well, that debate again, though. Should we have two referees, one to look after the ruck? If I, the touchies aren't doing anything at the moment. I, I, I didn't I, like it because it was they weren't on the same page all the time. They, they think about the game differently, and that's fine. Hmm. That's why we got all those different decisions all the time. I, I think the game is so complex these days. There are so many different rules. There is too so much, much happening. It, it is, I think it's almost too hard for one referee to do, and that's why they defer hmm. to the bunker all the time. I'm actually a fan of having a second referee, bringing back a second referee, just to police the ruck, but without a whistle. Yeah. And they can just communicate with the main referee through the mics, whatever they do, the headset. And their sole job, that second referee, is just control the ruck. Do you know, everyone, everyone thinks I'm mad. I, I, I murdered this a, a few years ago. With the, with the injuries and all the twisted knees and yep. ankles and drop tackles and all that sort of stuff. I wonder if we could ever go to two and a tackle, and that's it. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon mothers would be a lot happier about it. I reckon, mate, it's the collision with three blokes coming in and the third mm. man coming in and mm. axing, as they call it. Well, well I, what, what do you do when Nelson's just charging up the field and there's only two of you and you can't get Well, mate, down? you learn how to tackle. You learn, yeah. Mate, you get in the sand pit. You get in the sand pit and learn. There will be an argument, I can block, saying if you know, say for guys trying to score and you're desperately trying to save a tackle, and you, you, you have to say, "Oh, no, sorry, only two guys." That's that's the devil's advocate. I suppose I'm response. Just, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to protect the legs I, and knees and ankles you. of the of these mm. players because, mate, running in like Corrigan did the other week and that drop tackle, mate, we've got to get it out it's, of the game. I'm telling you, it is the worst thing in the game. It is a cheap shot. It's 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 been trained by all yep. the jujitsu blokes. Yep. We've got, we've got to get it out, mate. It's not, it's not part and fabric but of our game. At, at what stage, Block, do the players have to take a responsibility and say, OK, we're going to look after this ourselves, right? Because it, it, it's got our control now. You're right. And well, that, you can't. I, I just, the ruck has become so important, and these guys are taught all these different manoeuvres to slow down the ruck. It's, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Because that was, a, that was an awful injury last week. And I thought the four weeks of Pat Carrigan was, I thought on, was, it was on the light on. side. I thought it was on the light on. side. Mate, have a, have a look at the poor bugger he did it to. He's out for, he's out Three, for five, four months. five months or something. Yeah. If they gave him five, six, seven weeks, no issues here with me. But that's what they have to do, yeah. Adam. They've got they've got to make it a deterrent that you'll never do it again because the, the suspension or the or the penalty for it is so big mm. that you don't even think about doing it. Exactly, exactly. Cameron Smith in commentary on Nine last night made such a good point. Joseph Swali came in belted. Oh, I can't remember who he belted, but Cameron Smith had. He, you just don't get rewarded for a great one-on-one no, tackle anymore. You don't. You just don't. Not at all. Because you, you're told you're virtually liable to get off them straight away if it's a one-on-one tackle. Mm. What What about the great Beaver Menzies block? How many great covered tackles he nice made in defence? Clean, yeah, clean nice around clean. the hips yeah. and around the legs. Mm. Yeah. But there is absolutely no point doing that in the game these days. Well, well the other thing now is players are that strong. You have a look when there's a when there's a like half pie dominant tackle. The bloke with the ball, players are that strong now. The bloke with the ball gets up before the blokes who have mm. tackled him. Mm. You watch. Mm. Every time, so yeah. Look, I go against my two in the tackle, but I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to work out. I'm I'm trying to work out how we get rid of these these lower leg injuries and all that sort of stuff because I'm telling you, blokes spearing in third man in at the knees, mate. It's a cheap shot. It, it's not a go. It's not tough. Yeah, and that's you know, 
and that's why I think having that referee purely that's to right. focus on the ruck can potentially help. Yeah. Whether it happens in occurs in practice, mm. we do get an improvement in that area. I think we've got to try it, but we went back from I know and two it, referees it, it, to one. So it, are we going to go back to two? It's probably unlikely. It, it's a massive call for the NRL to go back again, back to two referees after they made that stand a couple of years ago and said, no, we're going to one referee. And then to backtrack again, they're going to have to swallow some pride if they do go down that path. But you just think what it's like for a lead referee these days. The people that he's listening to in his ear, he's listening to the bunker. He's listening to a referee coach yep. in the stands. Yep. He's got two touch judges block, uh, block trying, to, trying yep. to talk to him. He's, he's looking for the 10 metres. He's looking for foul plays, looking at the ruck. Like, let's, it's just... let's give the touchies some more responsibility. <laughs> give them the guidelines and say, righto, here, this is what you're in charge of. Mm-hmm. I think we'd like to see them do more, that's for sure. Uh, boys, last night, uh, James Hooper on Fox Sports broke a story that Josh Reynolds, our great mate here at the Big Sports Breakfast, could be heading back to the dogs. Uh, now, I got in touch with Josh last night, who's having a fantastic holiday, by the way. Is he uh, sent me a video at some delicious pool. No, he's with his mum, so I, I think he's still in Greece. But he, but he did tell me that he honestly doesn't know where it's come from. He loves the dogs, of mm. course, but he's just enjoying his holiday at the moment, and he's looking forward to coming home and hopefully sorting something out wherever he can. Mm. And... Uh, Naturally, the dogs is a fit we'd love to see with Josh because he, he he's made it very well known how much he loves that club, and the club loved him. You still remember the scenes there when he played his last game and the crowd all coming on, yeah, the crowd all coming on the field. But uh, you'd love to see it happen because he, he still has the burning desire to play another year, Josh, and probably finish, you know, on on terms that he'd like before mm. before leaving the game. So hopefully it all works out. But Josh just saying at this stage he doesn't know anything about it. Well, it's a low-risk play for the dogs if it does happen, isn't it, Jared? They're not going to pay him a whole lot of money. Um, he comes back to a club that he absolutely loves, and he can probably provide some value backing up a couple of players. He'd be on a, imagine, wouldn't be on it if it does come to fruition, not a whole lot of money. But mm. they but probably, he wouldn't be doing it for the money, would of he? Of course really? not. Of yeah. course not. They probably need a backup for Reid Marnie at Hooker next year because Jeremy Marshall King is going to the to the Dolphins. He can back up Matty Burton in the halves, potentially at 5'8". Mm. He'll just be one of those depth players that the dogs could, could do. If they don't have to pay him a lot of money, I can see it being a sort of a low-risk, potentially a, a high-reward play. I reckon, he's a, I reckon he's a great bloke to have around the joint. Got yeah. that, he's got that infectious personality. I reckon he'd be great for the young blokes coming through and great club man. Uh, I, reckon, I reckon they might even give him a job in marketing there. You know, Do you know what they do now, the, the Bulldogs? Terry Lamb's been there for um, 100, 154 years, Terry. When, when a sponsor comes on board or a, or, you know, a big gold sponsor or a, you know, someone that comes on board and puts money, he actually delivers the membership and all that to them. I love, mm. I love that awesome. idea. That's mm. awesome. Mm. Imagine Terry Lamb knocking on your door yeah. and saying, you know, mate, here's a, I'm going to take you to lunch today and mm. congratulations on the sponsorship and here we go. There's been a push from a lot of people at that club to get a lot of the old boys back involved because you see Terry Lamb around the club a lot now. I think Gus and the chairman, John Curry, have really pushed that. Uh, Paul yeah. Langmack's around the club a bit now. You see him at functions. Willie Mason's back doing some work with a lot of the kids and part of their coaching set up in their pathways. So, mm. you know, I love it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Potter will keep keep the job there. You reckon he's, he's putting some pressure on him, or you reckon it's already done? I think they're a fair way down the road with Cameron Serraldo block. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's put pen to paper yet. At least that's information that I've got. But I think they're a, a long way down the it's road. Pretty convincing, Gus, isn't he? Yeah, Gus has <laughs> Gus has done this very shrewdly. Yeah, they, they, he didn't. <laughs> he threw a smother. Wasn't even the thinking other about a coach only. A, Matter of weeks yeah, ago, no, yeah. I haven't spoken to anyone. He, he's the he's, best. He's honestly. Talking, he had lunch with Maguire the other day just to throw the uh, <laughs> the scent off. 
that might have been a bit of a uh, come on, Cameron. We need to get a decision yeah, soon, let's, and let's, 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 get get this, let's get this across the line. But uh, you, you raise a good point about Mick Potter block. He's done an outstanding job there, hasn't he? Like in the eight or nine weeks he's been in charge. Like even if they do give the job to Cameron Seraldo, like they'd be mad not to try and find a spot for Mick Potter somewhere in that organisation. Yeah, whether it's coaching the New South Wales Cup team or whether it's an assistant to Cameron at NRL level. I don't know, but well, just, just, it just looks like he's gone in there and just gone in with his own style and said, "Righto, boys, off comes the shackles. Let's yeah, play. Let's yeah. play a bit of footy." And how good have the Bulldogs been? Finally, because it felt like for years they were just agonising to watch. Oh, couldn't score they a point. Could not score tries. Uh, already on the text line, Craig at Ipswich, listening in Queensland. Good on you, Craig. All star crew this morning, Loz and Clark. You better watch out. Only ten minutes in. Rate the subs highly. There you go, boys. Yeah, well, guess what? You've, you've started fast. I shan't be getting out of bed at 4 o'clock every morning. <laughs> <laughs> the back page of the telly, Radley's Roosters run right. Watching Victor Radley last night, I was just thinking, he is exactly the bloke we missed in Origin 3. He loves collision, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. I just love him. He's, he's, he, he and Matt Burton, I think, are my two favourite players He in the puts game his head where you wouldn't put your hand. It, what about that cut? Yeah. That was old school blocking. Nice, he Nick. Was, it was shooting out. Isn't it, isn't it funny how we say, you know, we don't want to say, show the violence and all the blood and all that, but the first person they interview <laughs> after the game <laughs> is Victor, the, the inflictor. And, and he ironed out Corey Oates, who lost the ball as well. Is he, really, is he really going to play for England? Oh, yeah. Well, wants to, wants to, I don't know, some, his dad. Something about his dad, Loves yeah. his dad. So. I, I respect him for that. But from an origin point of view, you think he's got to play sooner rather than later, doesn't Such he? Such a shame. If he goes and plays for England, can't play for New South Wales. That is a, well, we missed him, Block. He should have been their origin three. Obviously, yeah. Ironside's beautiful. I, mean, I know Ironside's, at the time he was yeah, just we all, back. Yeah, we all talk about it. But, you know, that we needed, you know when, you, when you go out and play in a decider up in Queensland... You need all the mongrels you can yeah, get, don't you? 100% block, 100%. Yeah. And we, we, we need guys like him. And I, I know he's got Isaiah Yo ahead of him at 13 at the, at the moment and Cameron Murray potentially as well. But surely Freddie next year just would have found a place for him somewhere on the bench just to get him involved. And looks like that uh, that won't be happening under the current eligibility laws. Gee, the Roosters' halves were good last night too. Kiri's back, isn't he, Jay? Yeah, he was good. Mm. And Semi Walker, what about the little chip over the top? Yeah, Don't see it too often these days. He's, got a, he's done a couple this year. He's got a bit of class, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah. But then you throw in Tedesco too, which is you know, probably the number one player in the game, and they're they're starting to they're start they're starting to play. You know, they've played half a dozen games together now with Kiri coming back. They're starting to gel, and as I was saying before, the start of the show, timing's everything. You know, you've got to get. You got to get into the semi-finals, and then the the major thing is is to be healthy once you get there. You know. And Brad from Broadbeach, uh, well, I think you're on the other side than us, Brad. Morning, man. Is there any talk of Victor Radley leading with his head when tackling Corey Oates? Lucky Oates didn't have a torn ear. Radley could have been in the same boat as Fanukin as reckless. Well, that's the risk, I guess, that Radley takes. But for me, he just he got him fair and square there last night. Mm, tell you, he'd be in my team. I mean, everyone. You, you, you've got to have blokes where the opposition looks at and goes, "Wow, yeah. I mean, oh. I've got to be, I've got to have eyes in the back of my head here against this bloke." I know they're still going to make the finals, but are we thinking the Roosters are a chance of going deep, deep into the finals? May potentially making a grand final. It's weird though. Watching them last week, I thought they were ordinary. Against yeah, in the second half they were, weren't they? Yeah. I like but, I, I like throwing back to um, a lot of our a lot of our listeners are old school people. They love the, they love the footy. Victor Radley reminds me of Bunny Riley. Do you remember yeah. Bunny Riley? For my time. How much block. did he weigh, Block? Mate, Bunny Riley 79 was... 79 kilos, something all, like that. That's all he was. Max? That's all he was. Mm. 
Yeah, I've got another. I've got another good one for you that really amazed me too. The great Wayne Pierce was, mate, near on the best front-on defender I've ever seen. He, his technique was unbelievable. Mitchell, his son, right, is heavier than what Mitchell than what Wayne Pierce was in his heyday. Yeah. And he plays. Can you believe that? And he plays halfback. Yeah, yeah. Hey? it's unbelievable. So who who else out there? The people, our tradies, and all the people that listen to us. The great Bunny Riley. We're going to talk Vic, Victor Radley. The great Bunny Riley. Who else? Stumpy Stevens. You remember Stumpy Stevens played with Parramatta? You don't remember Stumpy Stevens? My my earliest days of watching footy, I can remember, is from 88 onwards block. Really? Yeah. You should get some old videos and watch the old Stumpy go about. You you know Stumpy Stevens. You're a bit older than us block. um, Do you remember him? Oh, I know the name, but I don't remember much about him. Yeah, mate, he was a hitman. 0419767272 on the text line. Also back page of the telly. Uh, Pat Band too soft. Adam Dewey yesterday saying that, uh, well, sticking up obviously for his teammate Jackson Hastings, considering how long he's out, he believes Pat Carrigan should have got more. And I think that seems to be a sentiment across a lot of people. And we've discussed it already here this morning. A big story in the AFL on the back page of the uh, telly as well. Lions in the buddy hunt. So Channel 9 in Brisbane last night reported that uh, Lance Franklin could be off to the Brisbane Lions, obviously off contract at the end of this year. He's been... uh, Offered somewhere around $500,000 to continue at the Swans. He wants at least 700000 according to reports anyway. So that's going to be the one to watch as the Swans hopefully push towards a premiership I'd be, this year as well. You'd pay him, wouldn't you? I, I, I understand offering him what they've offered him, the Swans. Yeah, how long has he got 35, left? I reckon he'd one to, well, one to two, but if you're paying, buddy... Upwards of eight hundred thousand at this start. I know he's a legend. Yeah, but how many people go through the gate to watch actually watch Buddy Flint? Hundred percent hoops. It, it could screw their salary. Make, make that make that money up easy. They got good good young players coming through the Swans. I think they got to be careful. You understand AFL better than me, Jared. But uh, Brisbane are in the Premiership window, aren't they? Very they've been, much. They've been close the last couple of years, yeah. making prelims and whatever else. And they might see Buddy as that that piece Definitely. just to take him to that next step. Yeah. But from a lifestyle point of view, like. Does he, I Was there he, a difference between the what? The, where's he going? The Gold Coast, Brisbane, Brisbane. Brisbane. Oh, no. What about he, the beach at Bondi? Well, ask Adam Reynolds. He's absolutely loving yeah. it up there. He's he said openly, like you know, the rat race down there. You know, family's so much happier up here. It's mm. a bit slower. Mm. Weather's you know a bit better in winter. Mm. So I think <laughs> you've seen how many people have moved to southeast Queensland the last couple of years. The amount of Victorians that are up there now. They're loving it. They, do they deliberately bypass us? Do they, the Victorians? Yeah, they're, they're not big fans. Of they us. support. They support Queensland and Origin they Block. Do they, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I was surprised Queensland. when I was in Western Australia. They support Queensland. Really? Yeah. What's wrong with? I don't know. What's wrong with us? New South Wales against the world, eh? <laughs> Only just because we've got a harbour. Now, on the back page of your paper, the Sydney Morning Herald, Adam Roosters take flight. And uh, a picture there of for that snap butcher after that try, after the little chip over the top from Sam Walker. But also Sydney on firm ground to host NRL Grand Final, written by your colleague Michael Chemis there. And, uh, well, despite all the well the standoff between the state government, Perrottet and his cabinet, Peter Volandis and the ARL mm. commission this week, uh, with the NRL saying that, well, we could sell this to the highest bidder, being... Naturally, Brisbane and Suncorp Stadium this year. 
What's your belief in yeah, what will occur? I think there's a few reasons they'll stay in Sydney, Jared. Uh, one, it's very, very late in the season. And they could do it quickly at Suncorp Stadium. They could do that, but I don't think the commission wants to do that. Two, Peter Valenis has openly said that, well, if the New South Wales government's going to walk away from their agreement, we're not going to walk away from our end of the bargain. We're going to hold up our end of the bargain and keep it in Sydney. But three, I think the one thing that people haven't been talking about too much is the fact that a core stadium has 80,000 seats. Suncorp Stadium only has 50,000 seats. Mm. It's N- all about the folding. The NRL Grand Final Block is one yeah. of the biggest revenue raises for the NRL all yeah. season. They can sell an extra 30,000 tickets in Sydney. Mm. Yes, it was great we had the Grand Final at Suncorp last year, but we need to have the Grand and Final the other at Suncorp thing too last is year. We've been, it, it's been in Sydney since 1908. Yes. The lovely. The lo- oh, don't you love the lovely? Speaking of the lovely. The moolah. I had a little <laughs> same-game multi last <laughs> night. <laughs> And I never talk about my winnings because they're very rare. Yeah, well, that's why. You only ever hear had, when they win. I had Roosters, Kurt Capel to score, Joseph Swaley to score. Those last two, two scored in the last, last, the last two, two tries of the game in the last 10 minutes. Scenes in my lounge room. Were you still awake? Scenes. Just. Yeah. Well, Scenes, I, I, were you well, by yourself? Or? Well, I was about to go to bed, but then when Capel scored, I was like, I better just stay up now. <laughs> Watch the watch, see what happens, and then that beautiful pass over the top from Teddy. Yeah, well, Swaley just untouched. Yeah. Well invested in it, eh? Yeah, yeah. high five the wall. In the kick. Well, you got a you got a bank for the weekend. That's yeah. it, little bank. Well, I withdrew straight away. You, <laughs> you, know, with, you, you did withdraw straight away. <laughs> did you, you know what happens? <laughs> <laughs> hey, run us through, run us through what you do when you, when you work hard, so hard, and early mornings all week. I would imagine that Mondays would be a tough slog, getting up early, yeah. but. Give us a little bit of a rundown on what I'll, you do on the, myself, on the weekend. Well, reward myself Thursday night block. I get a bottle of red, sit yeah. down, watch the footy. What on your own? Uh, well, generally, yes. Oh, what about like, any cheese and bickies or anything? Like oh, that? Well, Just yeah, about... I have probably some. Well, last night I had a pizza for dinner, so oh, that was a big reward. Mm-hmm. And then Friday at nine oh one, anyone wants to go for lunch, I'm available. What on, on Fridays? Share <laughs> yeah. so lunch a lot. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast this Friday morning. We've got Steve Blocker Roach and Adam Pengilly in Clarkie and Loz's chair this morning. Unfortunately, Loz uh, on his way back to his uh, homeland there at Juni has a funeral there today, and Clarkie is just sunning himself in Europe. And so these two are stepping up to the plate. Block bet is back. <laughs> Powered it, by Tab, of course. Is it back? Block, Block bet. bet is back. The Sticky Wings Big Sports Breakfast Multi is back. And your two great minds have come together. Let's start with the racing component. Adam, what have you got for us? I feel the pressure, Jared, because Block has been absolutely flying with these multis. Good but guessing. Yeah, we've got two racing legs for this multi uh, tomorrow at Randwick. Race five, number two, Equation to run top four. Uh, I've really liked his trial so far this time in. He's come back as a gelding. I think he can run top four. And my other racing legs have been in the very next race, race six, number one, Mautai for Casey Fogden. Another horse is resuming as a gelding. Uh, has some really nice form last spring. Lost his way a little bit in the autumn, but I think it's a really nice race for him there. 1,000 metres as a gelding. Trialled up well from barrier one. Huey Bowman can smoke his pipe, and we need him to run a place. So okay. that's race five, number two, Equation, run top four, and race six, number one, Mautai to run a place. It's three legs, though, and Blocker, you are throwing in? I'm throwing in the Canberra Raiders at a sellout Raiders Stadium to beat the Penrith Panthers, who are starting mm. to be decimated by injury. Mm. And I think the Raiders, they're sitting, I think they're sitting about ninth now in the competition. Yeah. And I'm tipping them to make the top eight. So that whole multi for Sticky Wings is paying a whopping $9. Nine bucks. I like it. Good value. Three-legger with block bet. And Adam, 
powered by Tab. Today's offers. Just go to the Tab app, the Tab website. Click on today's offers, and uh, there you'll find it. The Big Sports Breakfast Best, and uh, nine bucks is block mentioned. By the way, that Raiders Panthers game. Uh, I saw uh, on sports.com.au uh, a Raiders official quoted. We don't like their attitude, plain and simple. We have been waiting for this game and are planning an ambush. They are arrogant, and we aim to bring them down a few pegs. Not missing the Penrith Panthers. They've had some incidents. Of course, the Penrith crowd gave them the Viking clap earlier right. this season. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Joe Tarpany got caught up in a try celebration at the Panthers, and that kicked off. I think that was last Just year as Stephen well. Stephen Crichton with yes. a yes. blue on Stephen the Crichton, yeah. So there is going to be... Oh, the, you reckon Ricky won't have them fired up for this one block? Licking the paints off the wall. Oh, is that, that what they'd be doing? The, what a chance for Canberra, though. Well, I, Playing no. for top eight spots against, a, like you say, a decimated Penrith side, and they will be ready. And they've got some guns in their side, too. I reckon there's one player who'll be right in the thick of it there on Saturday. I don't think you like him, Block. Hudson Young. Oh, yeah. He's, He's a good, good player. He loves to get yeah. in the gutter, doesn't he? He loves it, doesn't I mean, he? I reckon, I reckon Papali will be fired up. Tarpany, good pack. Mm. It's going to be on against Fisher-Harris. Is that the 5.30 game Saturday? Yes, I think so. 5.30 game Saturday. Okay, so that is, uh, that's going to be a cracker. Canberra and Penrith, nation's capital, and the market with Tab uh, just head-to-head for that one. And you know what will make it even better? Apparently now it's really pouring down in Canberra. So if that continues, that makes it even better. Mm. Big game for the Raiders. I think. I don't think. I still think they can make the eight. I really do. With the draw they've got, and with Penrith being so decimated, I think it's a huge chance for them to uh, really try and cement that spot. Well, especially when you when you take your halves away. Both the halves are out, mm. and they're the guys that control everything, aren't they? So I I can't see how they're going to have any fluency in the game. They might surprise me, but I reckon it's a big chance for the Raiders. Two dollars forty. They've actually drifted since yesterday. They were two thirty yesterday, Canberra. So two forty. Penrith a dollar fifty eight. Three and a half is your line for that one. And Canberra are the plus uh, on the text line. Morning boys. Six weeks ago, I thought we were gone, but the twenty to one last week looked too good to miss. Uh, going from possibly missing the eight to now the chance of, I dare say, top four. Go the Chooks. The Raby Rooster sending that one through. So all of a sudden, you're hoping for top four. Well, I think they're only one game out now, aren't they? But that's before some other results this weekend. And the Storm are up against the Titans tonight. Uh, and, uh, well, Brandon Smith returns for that game. And uh, Brandon Smith, what about yesterday? So Craig Bellamy. Well, earlier this week, Brandon Smith <laughs> so was, was saying, tra- was like saying I was Boys banished corner. from yeah. training as a result of his suspension for calling the referee. Well, he called the referee a cheat and got suspended. Um, yesterday, Craig Bellamy just goes, I think he's living in fantasy land a bit. He might have done a couple of sessions like by himself, but he's been with the group quite a bit of the time. He's um, tossing them up, is he? Maybe, maybe one to block, and we'll speak about this uh, after. We got, we're going to speak to Phil. Well, Loz and I spoke to Phil Moss over in Bali to preview the Premier League, but coach punishment. Surely over your time, you would have come across some cracking coach punishments. Loz has already told us that great story about Tommy Radonikas. And what he did at Wests when he well, was a, sitting on top of sitting the, on top of the yeah, hill and yeah. uh, polished back a, a case while yeah. Yeah. while he watched uh, his players run and up and down the hill for about an hour. <laughs> like two things that ruin footy players: beers <laughs> and bungers. He sit on top. He used to but, sit on his esky. But you get him up the hill. Did, was Warren Ryan brutal at times? Brutal. Yeah, um, yeah like 
Mate, the, I, I, reckon, I reckon the worst thing we used to do was a thing called King of the Ring. And what, what happens was you, you get in the middle and you've got to wrestle each of your each of your teammates. So, say, the forward pack stands around you, Big Zero and Bruce Maguire and Junior, and you're in the middle. You're in the middle and you've got to wrestle them, get them on yeah. the ground, mate. I'm telling you, it is worse than, worse than actually playing a game. Mm. It's terrible. If you can survive that against all those guys... You can survive anything. The ring of death. Yeah, yeah, mate. It was terrible. Sounds like fun. But even face even <laughs> even the sandpit, like, oh, mate. If you if, if someone missed, you know, three tackles in a game, they'd be in the sandpit. That was that was torture. When, in the sandpit, what do you mean? Well, they used to dig this sandpit out, and you had to do all your tackling in there, and oh, so they they'd send people at you and the sandpit. Sand yeah, oh mate, not good. Do you reckon yeah. they ever do that anymore at all, modern day? What do you mean? Any of those old school drills? No, but they should. Mate, some of them can't tackle. So, mate, the only way to learn is to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? I remember I remember Warren Ryan was, um, mate, I've talked about him a heap of times, what a great coach he was and so smart. He'd finish off each session with six sets of six on the big tackle bags just so you had in your mind and you think of defence. Do you know what I mean? So, so every session you'd finish, you'd have to, you'd have to do like 36 tackles, mm. which is pretty hard, mate. When you think about it, after a session, do you, you're looking at me like I'm a bit. No, no, no. I just, I, I just, I just, I couldn't imagine doing it, block. <laughs> yeah. uh, Des Tuddenham, who was Essendon coach in 1975, after an 80 point loss to Carlton, he made his players crawl on their hands and knees around the oval twice. So around the boundary line and AFL oval, obviously about what 400 meters. So that was what that was his coach punishment. The players found it degrading. Very but then they, won four, then they won four games in a row after that. Because they didn't want to do that again. <laughs> it's always got to be a softly, softly approach these days, doesn't it, with modern-day players? They need a cuddle rather than a kick, a lot of them. Definitely do. Well, joining us now, all the way from his holidays in Bali, that is the kind of commitment we love. Phil Moss joining us. Mossy, how are you? I'm great, Meadow. Good to speak to you, Loz and Gowie. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to do what it takes for the team. Well, there's a rumour going around... Uh, Mossy, that you're holidaying with Arnie, and the reason that you're holidaying with Arnie, you're trying to get on the coaching staff for the World Cup. <laughs> no, that's impossible, mate. You'll only take quality coaches to a tournament like that, Loz. So, uh, no, I'm no, no shout for that, mate. Just uh, over here helping him uh, relax and uh, get focused for the, uh, the sharp, uh, sharp end of the preparation. The things you do for a junket, Loz. Anything. That's exactly right, you know. Mm. That's exactly right. I'm sure Mossy would have said to him, mate, if anyone pulls out at the last moment, I'm available. Oh, look, I just I just said simply to him, mate, if I was in your shoes for that last qualifier against Peru, you know, that that's an easy decision putting Redmayne into the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mossy, we're going to do a big Premier League season preview with you. But firstly, I wanted to ask you about... Ernie Merrick's new football role at Fallaudia. Tell us about this. Yeah, look, it's a, first of all, it's a brilliant appointment by uh, FA um, CEO James Johnson and, and senior management and the board for ratifying it. Ernie Merrick is a, a multiple premiership and championship winning coach in, in the A-League. He's got 40 years' experience. Uh, he may have a, a slight Scottish accent, but he's a, an, an Aussie coach uh, through and through, and he's got a really... Uh, a real strong passion for Australian football, and this, it's a new role, chief of football, that will oversee uh, just about every everything to do with the football department. Uh, you talk about coach education, 
um, the, the pathways for, for young players, bringing the state federations together. It's a massive job. Um, and, you know, some have been in similar roles in the past and and um, and not got the cut through they were looking for. I honestly believe this is uh, one of the most significant appointments that we've had in Australian football. And in a time of unprecedented opportunity with the, uh, the Men's World Cup, obviously, um, later this year, and then uh, hosting the Women's World Cup, uh, there's a chance we may be hosting an Asian Cup as well. We've got junior national teams uh, in in, um, in major tournaments as well. So a great time for someone like Ernie to come in. I believe he's going to be given... Um, not just the uh, not just the blank canvas and, and the paintbrush, but actually the art studio, which uh, which will give him a chance to um, to really reset things and, and work with the likes of uh, Trevor Morgan, uh, Ronnie Smith uh, around coach education, and obviously the state federations with pathways. So uh, really looking forward to what Ernie's going to bring to this role. With that, then Mossy, what type of coach was Ernie Merrick, and what can we expect in a year or two's time from you know? You know this technical director's role, and and what type of football will we see? Will we see you know Australians playing into the future? Well, Loz, he'll he'll have technicians in place, so his role will be to appoint um, you know technical coaches and um, and technical directors, I, I guess, uh, in his team. But um, so you know he he won't be on the field as such uh, coaching teams. But um, I think the thing about Ernie's coaching was he always bought. Um, teams together to to play a really attractive style of football and and it was successful he he won titles so you know if ever we needed someone capable of bringing people together um, and working in the same direction um, for a great outcome it's it's now and that's Australian football bringing the the state federations all the stakeholders not just the state federations but the stakeholders together um, for the betterment of the game and um, you know we've got a great opportunity now and I think that's what he will bring his his collaborative approach he's got a fantastic nature great stature in, in in the game, but also in in sport more broadly, because um, you know he's been a, a mentor for uh, for an AFL club as well um, for the last few months. So you know he, he's well respected and well regarded. Okay, the Premier League starts Saturday morning our time at Selhurst Park, Crystal Palace up against Arsenal. But just overall, Mossy, Man City are a dollar sixty two to win the title again. Liverpool three dollars fifty. Tottenham are the best back side. I'd say punters are looking for value, obviously, outside the top two in the market. But Tottenham have been 26 into $13, just back to $15. But 33% of the money in the winner market has been for Spurs since this market opened. Chelsea at 17 Man United and Arsenal both $26. And Arsenal are in from 51 How do you see this season playing out as far as that winner market is concerned? Well... I'm going to go against uh, the favourites, of course, because I, I honestly believe, and, and this is this is the head, not just the heart, Mido, but I honestly believe uh, Liverpool will win the title. And, and my reason for that is I honestly think they've got more goal scorers. Um, you know, they, they both, obviously, their defence... Uh, speaks for itself and and you know they've kept their goalkeepers and the majority of their their defensive structure or defensive players if you like both both clubs but I honestly think that um you know Liverpool um with what they've uh, they've lost Mane of course but bringing in Nunes who's hit the ground running um straight away and that adds to the likes of Mo Salah of course 
Um, Firmino Jota has just re-signed uh, a long-term deal. Diaz, uh, I think they've got more goals from different players, whereas I think Manchester City are putting a lot on the shoulders of Ireland. Um, you know, they've lost uh, Raheem Sterling, Jesus, um, just to name a few. There's there's quite a few goals in, in those two players, um, and they've gone to other Premier League clubs. So I just feel Liverpool uh, and the way Nunes has started his time at, at Liverpool... Um, has all the hallmarks of a championship uh, or title-winning side this season. I think it's going to be close between the two, of course, but I uh, honestly think Liverpool are a decent um, decent value at $3. I think they're around three twenty-five um, to Man City's one fifty-seven. Um, and uh, and I really like I do like Spurs um, if they can keep Harry Kane. Now there's been some uh, some recent rumours uh, and talk of him potentially going to Bayern Munich uh, to replace Lewandowski. Um, if they lose him, wow, that's uh, that's a massive, massive loss. And of course, the transfer window is open till the end of August, so uh, still some nervous, uh, nervous um, few weeks coming up for Spurs fans. You mentioned Man City and Ireland there before, Mossy. What type of impact will he have on this league? Well, uh, you know, hopefully, obviously, for Pep Guardiola and Man City fans, a massive impact lies, but he's he's still 22, and he's been in Germany for a long time. So it, it takes time for, for for players to adapt to the Premier League, particularly young players. And I know he's, you know, he's a giant of a of a human being, but, but he's still, you know, still 22. And, and that's not, you know, he's not a child by any stretch, but he's still got a lot of his career ahead of him. Um, so you've got to give players like that time to... To settle in, and um, you know, we, we we saw him in the Community Shield. Um, you know, missed a couple of opportunities. Um, so, how long it takes him to settle in will be the big thing. Um, his quality is not in any doubt whatsoever. Um, everyone knows he can score goals, and a lot of them. And he's a fantastic footballer, uh, worth every penny that uh, Man City paid. Um, but he's got to prove that, and he's got to hit the back of the net regularly, and um, and replace those goals that. You know, Zazus and, and Raheem Sterling gave the uh, gave Man City last last season. Yes, Ireland is the four dollar favourite in the top goal scorer market this season from Mo Salah at six, Harry Kane seven, and Gabriel Jesus at nine dollars. But always fascinated in the relegation battle as well, Mossy. Now, how's this? At Tab bets on Manchester United at a thousand to one to be relegated three hundred dollars two hundred dollars and another three hundred dollar bet at seven hundred and fifty one dollars to get relegated that would be an absolute disaster and hard to envisage that happening but uh, when you look at these clubs that have come up to the Premier League this season Nottingham Forest great to see them back in the Premier League their second favorite to be relegated at two dollars twenty how do you think they will go yeah, look, it's it's going to be tough. It always is for the clubs that come up. Uh, you know, if you think of uh, Bournemouth, um, Nottingham Forest, and, and Fulham, um, it's it's going to be very very tough. But um, Bournemouth are favourites for the for the wooden spoon. Um, they're they're obviously favourites to go down off the back of that. Um, I've got I've got Nottingham Forest. So I've got Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, and Leeds United. Now, this is not going to be popular with Leeds fans, but I'm not uh, I'm not overly impressed with what they're doing. I wasn't overly impressed with them when they came to Australia and what they had to show. I didn't think they had an extra gear like the other the other clubs did. Um, and and let's let's uh, compare apples with apples. If you look at uh, Leeds and say an Aston Villa. Um, on their tour of Australia, I just thought Aston Villa had so much more purpose about what they did, intensity um, and and quality. Um, and Leeds, you know, they lost Calvin Phillips to to Manchester City, a lot of money. 
and um, and haven't really gone to market to uh, to spend it to to replace that quality with with players that can create and score goals. I think that's where they're they're really lacking. Um, so Jesse Marsh, the U.S. coach, I think's got a you know he's got a very very tough uh, season ahead. If he lasts the season, he may well be the first coach to uh, to get sacked. Who knows? But um, yeah, I see Forrest going down unfortunately with Bournemouth and Leeds. What do you see as the standout games this weekend, mate? Oh, mate, round one, um, they're all standouts because it just means the Premier League's backlogs. But um, obviously, you know, I'll be watching Fulham um, at home to, to my Liverpool, um, of course. But um, I think, you know, one, one that stands out for, for me, and it's it's not the highest profile game at all, but Everton and uh, Everton and Chelsea, um, I think that'll be interesting to see um, how Everton can get their season off and running. Um, Chelsea with Thomas Tuchel. Um, you know they'll be keen to get off to a good start, but uh, but the other one that I was looking at is um, is Leicester and Brentford. You remember last season Brentford got off to a great start um, in the Premier League and um, and was a really tough place to to, to visit for teams, but um, they're away to Leicester this time, and uh, I think Brendan Rodgers is under some pressure this season to uh, to really lift Leicester and uh, and go closer, if if not. Uh, you know, secure a Europa League spot in uh, in fifth or sixth spot, um, and also Newcastle. I think New- Newcastle are under huge pressure. Eddie Howe did a great job uh, turning them around last season, um, but they are owned by big, big money owners now, and um, you know they they need to be really pressing hard for for Europa as well. Have you got an opening weekend multi or a fancy, just a single bet that you like, Mossy? What are you thinking? Oh, it's so tough to, to, to tip for opening round. Mido, I've always said that the, the competition really doesn't settle until about round four or five. But, uh, of course, we've got uh, a multi for our uh, for our listeners. I'm, I'm going to go with um, Arsenal to get over Crystal Palace away from home into uh, Newcastle to start their season on the right foot against Nottingham Forest into... Um, what's my... Third? Everton to cause an upset over Chelsea Oof. at Everton. Well, Everton themselves are paying $5.50 at home in that one. Chelsea $1.65 favourites. But putting Everton with Newcastle and also Arsenal, that three-legger, $16.32 with tap. Something to start with, Mossy. Really tasty if that comes up. You can buy yourself. You can go to one of those really fancy restaurants down at Uluwatu in one of those resorts for dinner. Or, or I could just buy a thousand bin tangs. Make sure you bring home the bin tang singlet. <laughs> as long as it shows off your guns, <laughs> can you get me one? Can you please buy me a bin tang singlet? I might get you one that's three sizes too small. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's angling at. Hey, Mossy, enjoy your time over there. We'll catch up soon. Look forward to seeing you next week, boys. Take care. This scoreboard update is brought to you by Bingley. See their huge range of appliances in store or online now at bingley.com.au. Well, on the text line, as Noodles from Canberra points out, what an upset last night in the netball at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, Noodles says, Morning Legends, special shout-out to Jamaica last night for beating the Diamonds in the netball. Uh, it was 57-55, so that's the first time that Jamaica has ever beaten Australia, and our girls blew a six-goal lead heading into the final quarter. So they will now play the winner 
of the England-New Zealand game. And, of course, uh, England, if they win, will finish top of their pool. They beat us by one goal in the final four years ago on the Gold Coast. So that was a shock result at the Com Games overnight. Now, on this show, we've got Adam Pengilly and Steve Blocker-Roach standing in this morning. No one is immune. No one is immune from criticism on this Ooh. show. So we've Ooh. got a couple here for you guys to give your rights of reply. Firstly, also... Uh, even Mossy, he just copped it then. Morning, lads. <laughs> well, I'm in complete shock. Mossy just picked Liverpool to win the league. Wow, didn't see that coming. What a massive scoop. I think he had too many bintangs before you <laughs> spoke to him. It's CFC for me. Chelsea says Toddy from Leeton. Well, as you know, Toddy from Leeton, I'm well and truly with Mossy. Okay, we're going to go back earlier. You were making a suggestion blocker that there's only two in the tackle. Try and make it. Mandatory for only two people in a tackle to prevent the sort of tackle yeah, that we saw with the to prevent knee Garrett. injuries and broken ankles and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, Peter says, "Morning, guys. Seriously, blocker. Mothers will. What? Well, well, mothers will be sleeping happier. Is that what you said? He's got, be, I don't mo- know what he's written there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Mo- mothers will sleep happier. That comment is exactly what's wrong with the game. That will do me, says Peter. Over to you, Block. Well, Peter, 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 Peter. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to work out a way where we can stop all these bad, bad injuries. You mate, you get a knee or ankle injury, you're out for the season. And then and then it's five months rehab or six months rehab. So I'm just trying to work out a way. I'm not saying that it'll come in. I'm just making a suggestion. I'm just saying that I'm trying to stop and I think Mothers would like, if there was two in the tackle and you didn't see that third man coming in and breaking legs and as we've seen in the past. I don't know. I'm just trying to toss something up. Sorry. You can, you, no, I, no, I apologise. You, you hold no. firm, Block. I'm holding you firm. You take one backwards. Yes, I'm not saying it'll happen. <laughs> uh, also, over to you, Adam. Morning, guys. Could someone please tell Adam the Swans also have a premiership window? As a sports journalist, you should at least know the basics. Look at the AFL ladder. Cheers and have a good day, says Swannies fan from Normo. And this uh, was in response to earlier, well, there was a story on Channel 9 Brisbane News last night that the Brisbane Lions are chasing Lance Franklin. Now, the Lions have essentially denied it, uh, but he's uh, in his last year, his contract there at the Swans. Reports suggest the Swans want to pay him somewhere around five hundred thousand dollars to continue, whereas he wants seven to eight hundred thousand. So, Adam, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the Swans shouldn't go into that seven to eight hundred thousand mark, despite him being Lance Franklin, what he brings, etc. Go for it. Well, first of all, Swanee's fan. I never said the Swans weren't in the premiership window. I just said the Lions were in the premiership window. I can understand why they're trying to trade for him. So I understand the Swans are having a great year this year, Jared. They're in the top four. They're competing for a flag. But I'm also just making the point that the Brisbane Lions are as well. Tonight, big game in the AFL as well. Uh, Melbourne up against Collingwoods. That's 2v3 at the MCG. The Pies have won 10 straight, and Melbourne are $1.35 favourites to break that run of Collingwoods. Collingwood, $3.25. Now, I saw a tweet the other day from uh, former Collingwood Premiership star, Dane Swan. If you call a potato cake a potato scallop, you don't deserve to eat them. They're potato scallops, Block. Scallop, yeah. Who what, calls them a pot- potato well, cake? Well, yeah, I don't know. Is this a Melbourne thing? No one calls it's them a, a potato mouthful. cake. Fancy going in there and going, give us half a dozen potato cakes. You walk in and you say, I want scallops, scallops. and chips. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's always been a scallop to me. Does anyone seriously call them potato? I was shocked to see this. Oh, and I'm wondering, this might, might be a Victorian thing because they, they, they don't understand cakes. Mm. Mm. Never, no, nah, not a fan. Unheard of. Scallops for me. Yeah, scallops all around. Great. Um, I thought surely we're in the majority. Mm, I try to be healthy and have the grilled <laughs> fish, but then I have chips and scallops too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, there were more. We were talking about coach punishments earlier. And uh, there was a text here for you, Blocker, in yeah. regards to a boxing session you might have used to do. Oh, not with Les Hobbs. Yeah, that was it. Oh my God. Yeah. So, what was that about? Well, we used to we used to put the big the big the big uh, the big gloves on, and we he he would teach us how to catch punches and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, no one no one want to put the uh, the gloves on with Les. <laughs> and I seen him actually. He was our trainer and runner for for a long long time. I won't. I won't mention the player, but mate, this, Les could fight like a thrashing machine. And one of the players, when we played South one day, gave him a bit of a gobful. And you talk about trainers blowing up and getting in with Clemmer and all that. My man Les stopped and said, "What did you say, son?" <laughs> to, to the bloke that gobbed off to him. Like I was thinking, mate, please call call the ambulance now. Like if he goes off, this bloke he's like a firecracker. But yeah, no, we used to do uh, we used to do a lot of the punching. He, he actually taught us how to um, you know how to how to hold your hands up. Look, serious serious question. How many times would you have sprayed someone when you were asked to come from the field? Oh, every week. Every week. Oh, get out of me grill, you know, when blokes would come on and try and mm. give you a drink or try and wipe a bit of blood off you or whatever. Mm. I don't know, whatever they used to do. Remember that we used to suck on the sponge. Oh. Imagine doing that now. <laughs> eh? The old sponge. But, um, yeah, but, uh, you, you know, blokes coming on and, you know, trying to give you orders and, you know, messages from the coach and all that. Mate, I didn't even hear any of that. Mm. Honestly, I'm too busy, too busy trying to... Uh, you know, trying to do your best. Uh, also, Blocker, what about the Coogee Road Run? They reckon Mick Neal was hard to beat. Johnny from Moorbank sending that one in. Mick Neal lapped me one day <laughs> on the Coogee Road. Oh, mate, that was a horrific. We used to do it in the summer. Uh, on a on a, uh, on a a Sunday morning, I couldn't sleep Saturday night because we knew we were doing the Coogee Run. I uh, I tripped one day going, um, going through the cemetery there, and I hit my head on the tombstone, the same bloke, Les Hobbs. All the blokes stopped and said, oh, mate, what? what Mate, he's he's out. Like it was that hot. It was forty degrees. Blokes used to fall like flies. Mm. Honestly, it was a bit of a bit of a um, test of courage. <laughs> Fell down, hit me head on the tombstone. <laughs> just start and digging the grave said, or what? No, he said that's what he said. Just roll him in the just roll him in the grave. Leave him there. You know, oh. a bit of compassion there. <laughs> uh, by the way, with a the boxing theme, we lost a great one. Johnny Famishon. Johnny yeah. yeah. Died age 77. He became world featherweight champ in 1969. Born in Paris, came to Australia when five years of age. He beat Japan's fighting Harada twice. Retired at 25. And by the age of 25, he'd had 67 fights, won 56. Wow. And was inducted into the World Boxing Hall of Fame in 1997. He's, uh, well, he's got legend status in the Australian Boxing uh, Hall of Fame. He was hit by a car when leaving the races at Warwick Farm back in 1991 as well and suffered brain damage. So uh, that was a, a huge uh, thing for him to deal with in the latter part of his life. But, uh, yeah, gone at the age of 77, Johnny Femishon. Give us a call, 135353. And just on the potato scallop situation. <laughs> the text line's going crazy, uh, Jared. It is 100% a Melbourne thing. Potato cake, geez! It took me fifteen years to get the missus to call them scallops, and she's from west of Albury. Regards the Raby Rooster says that. Uh, who was that nuffy talking about potato 
potato cakes. Potato cakes are crumbed. Scallops are battered. And that's... Uh, potato cakes are crumbed? Mm. I've never had a crumbed potato cake. Or well, scallop. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, you can do lunch with Jared this afternoon if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Try when it are, out. When are we doing mate, that lunch I, block? I, mate, I'd love to come. What, six heads? Yeah. Have they organised well, it yet? Well, we need the boss. You ever been to six heads? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. We don't want to pay for that one. <laughs> I'm not paying. No, I'm, no. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit like crime. Crime doesn't pay. Yeah. Is the boss in today? Or I'm a bit, like, the I'm a bit like the London Fog. I never settle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got, oh, boys, introduce yourselves to Chicken Chow Min Jack. Morning to you, Jack. G'day, Meadow. Is that Gowie's in there? No, no, Adam Pengilly, mate. Oh, fingers. Yeah, right. Get off the fingers. <laughs> 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 I'm going to name that. Don't, don't turn me off. Um, what was I ringing up about? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, you're ringing. Victor Rugby and the Roosters and Luke Keary. I hate when everyone just raps Tedesco because it's not the Roosters and Tedesco. It's the Keary show. He's the best 5'8", and he's finally come out of it, out of his head knocks. And uh, I think the Roosters might, oh, you know what? I reckon they win the cog. What do you reckon? Oh, gee, I reckon that's a, that's a, that's a long bow, I reckon. I, yeah, oh. yeah, I... <laughs> I, you know, I don't. Even, I reckon the most important thing now with the, with the comp is getting two bites. If you, if you can make the top four, you're a big mm. chance. I, I, I can't see the Roosters making the top four. No, I'll make the yeah, eight. So, so, Block, what do you think the um, way the system's run at the moment with the top eight is ridiculous? Why can't you win from outside? They should go back to how it was. And uh, before you cut me off, it is scallops. That's yeah, of course, it's of course it is. Well, we've got another text here from Annie who says, lads, they are potato cakes. Victoria and Tassie have it right. Mm. Scallops are scallops, not potato cakes, says mm. Annie. Well, do we go down there to Melbourne? Uh, do we? Well, Say no. Well, no, no. Cup well, week, we'll be there. Spring carnival, you'll be spring there. Carnival. No, no, no. Do, does the program go down there? Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, Cup. I wanted you to say no so I could say they were impos. Oh, right, because <laughs> oh, right. you want to come down, yeah, obviously. want to hammer them. Yeah. What sort of imbeciles would call a scallop a potato cake? <laughs> Victorian Tassie, apparently. Good on you, chicken chow. Thanks, mate. And, yeah, Victor Radley, outstanding last night. That head clash, unbelievable. Um, Michael. G'day, Michael. Good morning, boys. How are you? Will be great, mate. I'm awesome. Mate, Liverpool will be winning the Premier League title. Hope you're right. For sure and certain. So do I. Hey, Blocker. You yes, Michael. The me, mate. You wouldn't remember me, but I'm the mad Balmain Tigers uh, fan, mate. I came to your ten-year testimonial back at Sports Scene oh. at Marketplace, which was a long time ago. You were there with Ciro and uh, Brian Smith, the uh, rugby union convert, the pretty boy. That's right. He was. He was handsome, wasn't he? Oh, he still is. Uh, he was a good-looking boy, mate. Me and him um, actually went out with the same girl, but I won't mention it over here. <laughs> But what I do want to say, mate, at that time, I was going through cancer. And just meeting you, who was, you were my idol, mate. The way you played the game, you were fearless, mate. Thanks, Michael. That's nice of you to say, mate. Here I am 37 years later, mate. I've had two kids when they told me I couldn't have kids. And I've never had an opportunity to thank you, mate. But it was a big boost meeting you and Ciro and Brian Smith that day. And, mate, I actually had a holiday where I met up with uh, Wayne Pierce, we were staying at the same resort. Where, whereabouts was that? It'd be it'd be top class, mate. No, my oh, man, Junior. It was, was in Bali. It was called uh, the Bali Nixoma. And the day after Pierce came, uh, Junior, bloody uh, Dipper, Dipper, Big Dipper, came, Big Dipper, yeah. legend, who was another 
hero of mine playing AFL, being a you know being a wog because I'm a wog too. You know, I'm not afraid to say it. You know, I, I took that as a as a medal on the chest, mate. When they used to call me a wog, but, but I'm that's a, that, Michael. That's Michael. That's a Western Oriental gentleman. You know that? Absolutely, mate. Mate, yeah. I'm born and bred in Sydney from Greek parents, but. Mate, go the Tigers, and thank you for have, having me on today. Good on you, Mike. Good on have you, Michael. Well done, mate. And go go the Reds, Michael. No, you're a big Reds man. So thank you for the call as always. Sky Racing's Ali Mosley about to join us. Yesterday, what about Hosier winning the Coffs Harbour Cup, Adam? Yeah, very promising horse, Jared. Uh, transferred up to Chris Lee's to qualify for the big dance, I believe, now through that Coffs Harbour mm. Cup. So he started a short price favourite and duly won, and... Lloyd and Nick Williams have had a successful trip to the provincials, mm. haven't they? What's going on with Alligator Blood? Yeah, fascinating story, Jared. He's Race of Victoria come out yesterday and banned him from the Spring Carnival, so he will not be able to contest any races down there at all throughout the whole spring, including the Cox Plate, which was what he was being targeted to. That follows on from uh, New South Wales, putting a ban on him early this year over his owner, Alan Andrews's undischarged bankruptcy status. So he's left with no options now, virtually in Australia, really, to be honest. Not until the end of this year. I think they might look at potentially Japan or even Hong Kong because basically the only state that allows him to race at the moment is Queensland. Mm. And what does he do? Wait for the Magic Millions Carnival in January next year? It's like it's a good five or six months away. So they're in a real pickle at the moment. I think they're meeting with their legal team today to see if they can appeal that decision from Racing Victoria. But as it stands at the moment, we will not be seeing him racing in Australia for a while. Uh, Now, Ali Mosley is a Victorian. We need to ask her the question. Mm. Morning, Ali. Potato cake or potato scallop? Oh, it's a potato cake. Oh, oh no. <laughs> potato cake. You're kidding. No, for real. It's, you know, it, that's a Kiwi thing too, the scallop, I reckon. So Kiwis and Sydney fighters must be living on the same sort of <laughs> horizontal line because it's definitely a potato cake. I'm speechless. Let's talk some racing. We were just talking about Hosier in the Coffs Harbour Cup yesterday. Very good performance. Good ride from Huey Bowman. Oh, enormous, wasn't it? I, um, I, you know, I was really impressed with Monagal. I thought she loomed up to win too. Um, I followed her out of last Saturday, but she sort of faded off a little bit. I think she ended up fourth or fifth. But, yeah, fantastic. Huge effort. You, you don't like taking the, the short price for some of them, but sometimes you just have to, don't you? <laughs> Uh, who do you like in the missile stakes tomorrow? The feature at Ramwick. Oh, I found I found this really hard, as I'm sure a lot of people will. It's sort of almost like a, not necessarily a throw at the dartboard, but um, it, it's a really tricky race to read. And I sort of kept going over it and changing my selections. I kept falling back on Forbidden Love just purely because she's the class horse. And then I went away from her, so (laughs) that didn't help at all. So I've basically flip-flopped the whole time. She's certainly the best horse in the field. She's got the first up form, races well, fresh. I think the query will be the sticky barrier and whether she takes a sit or Huey decides to punch forward on her. I'm just not sure. I saw Count de Rupi um, actually a week ago in the stables. We went to visit Robin Luke Price, and I was really impressed with how forward he's looking. He's obviously got that residual fitness, so he will have ultimately probably only had, if anything, about a week off. So he's got that residual fitness, which I really like coming into this first up. So he is who I've landed on, Count the Rupee. And then I also like at the value, and I'm just going to watch her because she's a really interesting one. That's Enchanted Heart. I think she'll get back on a hot speed with a lightweight and with luck. She could match this. She's on the week back up, but I think Randwick will suit her better than Rose Hill. 
Beautiful lean in the missiles. Adam. Yeah, found it a really hard race, Jared. I probably lent towards Forbidden Love just by default, but a race I'm treading very carefully in. Uh, I think there's a lot of horses obviously first up in their preparations, but hard to get a gauge on. But I just lent towards Forbidden Love just due to a racing pattern. Gee, an enchanted heart, $21 there in that race as well. We've got uh, a question from a listener here for you, Ali. Can you ask Ali her thoughts on Cacophonix, race four, number one at Ramwick? Cheers. Yeah, I've, so this is another one that I found tricky, and it's the three C's that I landed on. So it's Kudarati, Conqueror, and Carcophonics. I said will be the top three. In what order, I'm not sure. I like the value of Carcophonics. He's back on a more suitable deck. So when he was on a heavy eight at Rose Hill a couple of weeks ago, everyone was querying whether he'd handled that because being a Kiwi, you'd think he would have seen a heavy track, but I don't actually think it's in any of his form lines. Um, he's stepping up in trip, which will be a big tick for him. And he was the progressive horse out of that Rose Hill Gardens run. Um, and, I, you know, if I was going to go against any of them, it could potentially be Conqueror in the yard. I have to pick a yard tomorrow, actually, purely because he's had quite a bit of time off and he can get a little bit above himself. So I think Carcophonics at the value, and particularly as a bit of a yard watch, uh, will run a super race and will be top three. What's your best bet on the program? Oh, I found this hard. So I'll throw in a best... Well, okay. I've got a best bet and a best value bet. Love it. Best bet, and he makes me nervous, he always does, is now tired. <laughs> well, Adam's in your Adam's corner. Adam's got that one, yeah. You got him too? Oh, good. I Look, I've, I've really liked this horse for a long time, but... Um, as we know, as everyone knows, he's been very frustrating. I'm sure none more so than to his trainer, Casey Fogden. But um, back now, I think, is he back officially gelding, Adam? Now? Yes, he is, Ellie. Yep, yeah. come back at gelding. Yep, and, and I want to say, Ben Way was teasing me last night because I said they'd tinkered with his gear. And he said, I don't think a gelding is tinkering with his gear. And I said, I wasn't referring to that part. They've <laughs> <laughs> tried a few other things. So they've got the crossover noseband on, blinkers off now, uh, earmuffs again. It's sort of... Everything's going on. They've taken the Norton bit off first time. Sometimes the Norton bit sort of do the opposite to, to keeping them so it can make them sort of um, be against it. So he's a genuine group-winning horse if he does the right thing. So he is the best bet. And then in the last, my value bet is Rupertar on the week back up. Uh, okay, Rupertar for Bjorn Baker. That's in the last. That's $19. Yeah. $19 the win, $5 to place. That's mm. race 10. Number four, Ali's value play. Ali, uh, someone here says, Brett from Richmond. I used to like Ali, but it's potato scallop. So you've really uh, you've really got some people offside with this potato oh, sorry, cake nonsense. Although, I, I tell you what, I've lived in Sydney for three years now, so maybe it'll, um, maybe it'll start. <laughs> it'll catch know. on. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy trackside tomorrow. Thanks.